the talk of planet Earth. We call it TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. And we know you're going to love it. TalkZone.com You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We have so much going on in our world today with right and left. My goodness, they are everywhere in the news. Are you right or are you left? Are you extreme right, extreme left? And that is why it's very interesting to me that in our opening, opener, we say we are not left nor right. Left nor right has always been a baffling thing to me. I've I mean, it should be obvious, but it never has been. It's never made Boy, sense. Boy, me too. You know, it's self-evident. What do you mean self-evident? Well, what's right and, and good and true and what's not seems to be self-evident, but by golly, fewer and fewer people seem to be uh, seeing it straight. You know, more and more we have people that are, you know, left because they're left and, you know, they're not thinking about it anymore. Yeah, no facts or no, any. it's it's almost like a, an emotion. I, I like this better, you know, my friends are this way or something, so I'm going to roll this way. You know, when we say we're not left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, what we mean is that we're not attached to either side. And I would imagine that on occasion people think, no, you guys are right. But, you know, like more conservative. But, you know, if you dig in deeper and listen further, you'll start to notice that we have views that come in from the left or right. And what we always try to do is go into our center to the best of our ability and find out what truth resonates from there, whether it's left, right, up or down. Black, purple, green, male, female, who cares? What does it matter? Is it on and right action or not? And, you know, a lot about what we're about on the show here is exactly that, getting people to think for themselves with such clarity that they can actually start to say, well, you know, I like that piece over there from the left, and I like that piece over there from the right. And you keep, and people say, well, are you left or right? And you go, well, gosh, depends on the issue or the topic. And I think through them all pretty good. Before I make a decision, I make sure they resonate inside of me before I make a decision. And I don't think you can really stick me into one camp or the other. And I'll tell you something. People that are sticking to a camp for the purpose of a camp. Here's an example. I was talking to... Uh, a young person the other day, and I was suggesting that he listen to a certain show. And he said, okay. And then the comment kind of was, if I listen to that, it's going to change my view, isn't it? Because I'm going to hear things I've never thought of before. Yeah. And so, you know, there's like this instant resistance. Because people like the boxes they're in. All their friends are in the same box. All, you know, and, and they've come to have this belief in that box that that's the right box and they've stopped thinking about it you know i don't care what box you want to be in 
But be sure you're thinking about it. Be sure you're making sure that it makes sense still. Be sure that it's something that you're still resonating with. And you got to remember that humanity's job is to evolve. And we all need to evolve. So you know what? What your truth is today shouldn't be the same thing as it is tomorrow because you grew a day. Somewhere in that day you grew some. And so you need to reassess things. And this doesn't need to be like a burden all the time, but when new information comes through, you don't want to say, oh, no, I don't do that. You need to say, hmm, I haven't done that in the past. Let me reconsider this. That's like living your life in the question. You know, as I observe people and, and listen to how shallow they are making up their minds, say, on voting in elections. Surface skimmers. Yeah, you know, frankly, a lot Don't of... Don't bother me with the facts. Right. A lot of people aren't <laughs> mature enough to vote. I mean, they can go yes. through the mechanical process, but they have not done a mature process of ferreting out what actually would be true. Which country... We were watching uh, Michael Palin poll to poll the other day. Which country was it? I don't remember. It was in Africa, and nobody's allowed to drive until they're the age of 24. Yeah, well, that was uh, Sudan Tanzania, or maybe. Tanzania, I, I think one of them over there, and you know, in voting, you know, that strikes me similar with voting, like you know, so they're saying people are not mature enough to be behind a wheel till they're 24 years right. old. You know, people need a few rounds of consequences of life on their own to begin to start voting straighter, usually. Yeah, so the same thing holds forward. You know, are people at the age of 18, are they thinking enough clearly? You know, we read an article the other day about the um, young people age 19 to 20, 18 to 29. It was in the current Reader's Digest, and it was talking about how these young people, um, you know, are kind of full of themselves and thinking that they're going to change the world. By the way, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. You can call in if you'd like to tonight. The phone lines are open, 1-800-336-2225. So this group of 18 to 29-year-olds, you know they're pretty they're pretty into Obama because of course he's promising change. He's not promising change that he can deliver, but he, you know he puts on a good a good show. And then they're saying, well, we are going to change the world. You know, I'll tell you, man, I got very irritated reading this article because of how full of themselves these young people are and how they think they have all the answers to uh, the ungrounded, the, ungrounded, and, and arrogant. And you know what? Nowhere in this article where they say, well, we're going to do Obama and he's going to change the world and everything's going to be better. Nowhere in there does anybody talk about the looming threat of the Muslim, the radical Muslim people. Nobody in there was saying, well, we're going to change the world and we understand that we need to deal with this looming threat the uh the muslim people the radical muslim terrorists that are not going to back down they don't mention that they just say we like peace we don't like war well folks keith and i like peace too we don't like war either but we have a looming threat that is not going to go away and it needs mature handling of if we're going to get anywhere so you know this sort of young idealism which obama speaks into really masterfully 
but doesn't have grounded solutions. You know, this country goes in that direction. We're nothing but in trouble. I can't even begin to tell you. Anyway, these people aren't thinking enough, and they're not dealing with the That's facts. Right. And it's a real problem. So, you know, get the facts, dig for them, or don't vote on something. You know, yes. I, I, I won't go. If, if I haven't studied up and have a real strong sense of knowing, I won't go vote for a Republican or Democrat. I won't vote for somebody. I will vote if I know something's true. And I, you know, when I was in high school, I got really strong in one of the parties, and, and I thought I knew a candidate good, and so I really got behind him. And by the time two or three years rolled around that he was in office, you know, I was just going, geez, I thought I really did good on this. I thought I saw it clearly, and look what he's doing. And so, you know... You know, Barack Obama has lots of shady connections. Oh man, everywhere. You, you, don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have your kids with a minister like that, and it's just a 20 casual. Twenty years. I know. It, you know, and this is what scares me when when you read this article about this big group of people and this eighteen to twenty nine year old group of people. They have like some forty two or forty seven million in the in the country. Right. Hey, that's huge. Voters. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a, that's a big problem. And they're, they aren't paying attention to this stuff about the minister and these other shady connections. You, you know, it just baffles me. The guy is just brand new, like he's a toddler in the Senate. He's the last guy anyone listens to because of seniority. He doesn't have seniority. And, you know, just recently, Hillary's over now. So Barry Hussein Obama, the slick speaker... You know, he's uh, thinking he might cut corporate taxes now instead of raising them, like he was saying all during the primaries. He says whatever's fashionable in well, the Well, yeah, you know, he's not dealing with Hillary and whatnot, so now he's going to change what he's doing and, you know, put his whole slick tongue behind it. How could you vote for somebody like that? Another thing, he's now also switched his positions on negotiating with Iran. Now uh, he'll only do it with preconditions. Uh, isn't it Lieberman, the one that's the Democrat, but he's like the maverick Democrat? That's right. Okay. If he was up for president, would you vote for him? Would I? Yeah. Depends on who he was running against. Okay. If, if he, he was running against Barack Obama, yes. My point is is that we're not stuck on Republicans. We're oh, no. That's my point. He, uh, Lieberman has a lot of good points. I've listened to him on radio. I've read some of his stuff. And, you know, you know, I don't agree with all of his stuff, but he's got a lot of good points. You don't and agree. he really cares. You don't agree with anybody's everything. We don't agree I, I'm with... I'm pretty high on some, but not, not most, you know. And that's the whole point. You know, it's sort of like saying about the Dalai Lama. We have tremendous respect for the Dalai Lama and deep abiding love for him and we don't agree with everything he says and i don't think he's on with everything he says no, right you know he lost his country on this well we're going to just stay in peace he lost his country because he wouldn't well fight he, they lost he was 14 so he, yes, he wasn't quite ready but it was to, their whole principle that's right we we will not do war so now they've lost their country yeah. and now they want somebody else to fix it for them and if they had stepped out of well we'll only stand on peace Anytime you have a country that will, will only do peace, you are at the, uh, you are at the effect, effect of 
these people who are just like China, well, if you don't know how to fight for yourself, we're going to come take you over. Right. Which is what the radical Muslims are wanting to do. That's right. If you don't stand up and fight for yourself, we're we, going to take we over. We think that's weakness. We'll just come right on That's in. right. And that's how the world is. And we might not like that, but it is the reality here today. So with Barack Obama uh, shifting a lot of his policies now because he's uh, going against a different candidate, my goodness, that just irks me. You know, that anyone could vote for somebody like that. I don't care if your skin's the same color. I don't care if you're Democrat and he's Democrat. How can you vote for somebody who's shifting all of the things he's saying? He's just, you know, he's, he's a tremendously gifted, slick speaker. Both of his parents were. And the thing you want to know about them with um, the Reverend Wright, his parents, Reverend Wright and him, is they're all phenomenally developed complainers. And I want a person involved with change and solution, not a bunch of complainers. You know, with these switching around, he's too green. He's not tried and true. He's without core beliefs established and proven. He's still guessing. And uh, he has this political finesse at best, but he's full of contradictions. Now, about 14 months ago on the air, we were saying that Barack Obama has... Uh, hidden contradictions inside of him. We did a psychic reading into him, and we were saying he has hidden contradictions, and my goodness, does he have that all over the place. So he's in bed with a hardened uh, and hateful racist minister. He's close friends and neighbors and does business dealings with Tony Resco. Now, Tony Resco, 14 or 16 counts of um, corruption, and, and, and their neighbors with, uh, they bought their houses together and everything with Obama. You know, that's a, that's a scary thing. Now there's a lot of, uh, connections with shady people and Islamic people with, uh, Barack Obama. So I don't know what people are thinking. This newcomer that can talk slick and acts like the youth of college or something. You know, I understand people are tired of the war, but you have to understand the bigger picture. And I do not know why the Bush administration has not been more forthright about why we're in this war and the Islamic Muslim we have terrorists. Some information on that. But you know what the guides tell us is uh, people don't want to hear it. So Bush has been wise enough not to say it, and I think it's a it's a problem because that's really what's driving all this. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CRN. Thursday's air is only on CRN 6 to catch it there. If you want to call in for a reading, we'll give you the number when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back. If you'd like to give us a call for a reading, 1-800-336-2225. The phone lines are open and we welcome you in. If you'd like to check out our website, masteringourselves.com, we're just about to put up uh, our book, a soft cover of our book, Steps to Enlightenment, and also three uh, Wisdom Toning Series CDs will be going up very soon, and a video watching our seahorses where you can listen to the toning that Keith does. Get a sample of toning. About a two-minute sample. Right. So that's all coming. Um, North Africa is in the desolate wasteland of the Sahara Desert, the largest desert in the world. Isn't that about the size of the United States? It's 
quite a bit larger than the United States. An entire desert that's bigger than the United right. States. That's really amazing. So uh, what if nobody would let anybody drill there to preserve the environment? Drill for oil that's desperately needed for the economy and for energy and everything else like that. Bring prices down. Well, to me, that's close to the same thing as the desolate Anwar Arctic area in northern Alaska. It's like, you know, it's it's so desolate, and, you know, you can have regulations to watch over it, but, you know, it's ridiculous not to allow drilling when we are in such a pickle. There's two sides to that pickle. One is is that we need to be pulling our belt in in terms of how much gas we use and uh, use less. And the second thing is we need to access more of our own resources rather than being so dependent. And the third thing is we need to find alternate solutions like better cars that don't use as much gas and better motors, etc. It's like you need a three-prong approach. For decades, the Democrat side has voted us into this severe energy crisis by stopping us from... Uh, oil fields, massive oil fields in off the, our west coast, east coast, uh, Gulf of Mexico, and up in Alaska. So we have, uh, let's see, from the U.S. Minerals Management Service, we have 86 billion barrels of U.S. undiscovered recoverable oil. And, you know, why why aren't we tapping that? 420 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. You know, that'll take us 20, 30, 40, 50 years to go through that. What's the problem? What are the Democrats thinking of by doing this? I don't get it. I'm willing to vote Democrat, but why would I vote for this? And, uh, you know, I don't really like paying over $4 a, a gallon per gas. I don't like it. But these people voted us into that. You know, uh, Newt Gingrich, he has a uh, sign-up thing that you might be able to help boost America to get its uh, itself going out of this mess. Drill here, drill now, pay less. And you can go to his site, Newt Gingrich, and sign up. You know, I find that Newt Gingrich has quite a few good ideas. I, I agree with about 90% of what he says uh, after close scrutiny. And, and uh, his heart's in the right sp- place. He's really intelligent, and he's really innovative. You know, Norway, nowhere the size of us, but they have offshore drilling, and they're one of the richest oil nations. From oil, from offshore drilling, why don't we do that? And uh, different than a lot of what a lot of us think, they are a cooperative performance-based country. They cooperate with their oil companies and, you know, let's get the performance out there. And they have high ecological quality. They have, you know, they're not messing up the environment. They're really responsible. And, you know, we're governed by extreme regulations. So we're strapped down by red tape and that costs more money. You can't do this. You can't do that. Norway's just doing fine and they don't have many laws. They won't let drilling happen in a few of the, you know, like uh, populated areas or beautiful areas. They won't let that. But other than that, they they let their country be prosperous. The United States could have been doing this all along. The Democrats, by and large, voted it down. What are they thinking? Or are they thinking? 
What? You know, what is the motive? <laughs> you know, are we so anti-oil company? Are we so anti-prosperity? Uh, uh, we don't... want our cake and eat it, too. And we need to get out of that idealism. And, you know, it's sort of like um, they wanted to put a wind farm up off of Connecticut. and Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. And uh, Kennedy and a bunch of the other wealthy people Ted up Kennedy, there. Ted Kennedy, etc. Yeah, they all whined about it because it was going to ruin their view, even though it was like it? two miles or... It was way away. Some off the, you know... And you know, but it's there's their ruin, priorities. Yeah, it's going to ruin... So forget it. We're not going to do it. We welcome you to call in for a reading tonight. The phone lines are open. one 800 336-2225 and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. If you'd like to give us a call, we're at 1-800-336-2225. Keith is over here laughing at me because he's got this whole show planned and my mouth just keeps running at the spigot. Yeah. It's like somebody put a quarter in me and there's no stopping <laughs> it. So I'm going to shut up and let him <laughs> put his thoughts out here. Uh a British daytime talk show had to kick Joan Rivers oh, off for filthy, filthy speech. You know, like a cursing. Seventy-year-old woman who should be, you know, some something. I don't know. An example. You, <laughs> she's never yeah. been an example that I could see. You know, you know what a shame for her. And and I'm proud of them for getting, you know, get yeah, her they out just, of here. Yeah, on the commercial they said out of here. And what did she do? She made some joke about that. You know, we were listening. I don't even know what the guy's name is. We were listening to a comic yesterday. And, um, you know, he had really good points, but he had so much cussing that was so abrasive that we took him off. It didn't matter that his points were really funny. Yeah, it wasn't, or intelligent. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't worth it because the cussing was so just overwhelming. Just pol- polluting the room, just I know, and, filthy. You know, she, she certainly is a polished enough uh, pro that she could not do that you know hollywood has an entitlement you know we're it and so we can sort of set the stand and we can do it we can just hang as loose as we want and that's as cool as can be and it's uh you know don't follow that as your example and don't have your kids follow it john mccain uh says yes to out uh to offshore drilling states can choose to do it if they want to and you know he hasn't changed how smart well geez yeah and um now, usually this seems different. You know, usually you think of the Democrats as being against wealthy farmers who are getting these big, uh, big rich uh, farm subsidies for doing nothing. It's like free money. But Congress passes $3 billion farm bill. Bush, uh, he, he vetoed the first time because it was missing 34 pages, but, you know, it, it's gone through. And Bush is saying... Um, it gives way too much money to the wealthy farm. The farm subsidies for them to do nothing, and that you know, it's just not fair to the common worker, common people. And then he says, "What's with this two billion dollars uh, that's hidden pork barrel spending? Where, where's this two billion going to?" And so, President Bush is trying to get rid of this extra spending that you know is slipping through the cracks, and you know our economy is going down. So. Most people are saying that Bush is the problem, but, you know, if you listen to this, if you study it, I think you might have a different point of view. You know, the media, for some reason, isn't interested in covering these aspects. Well, you know, I've been reading several very intelligent people, and they say our media is, well, not only biased, but they're lazy. You know, right, like, right, like, right, right. 
digging right. up some of the facts about what's going on with Islam. They're lazy about yeah, it. Yeah, it's too much work. Yeah, and they don't want to stand for any strong point or anything, so let's just do what... Let's you, go with popular opinion right? rather than get the facts out. So at the beginning of the show, we were making a point that we're not left or right, and you know we might seem to be more right, but we're blaringly left if you consider our psychicness, our tuning into things, our healing and alternative, our sensitivity, uh, our fully respecting of the environment and that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe that that's all left, but, you know, the left sort of considers it left. And we're not left or right as much as we're concerned with being right or wrong. And so we just keep digging. And Charmaine will tell you something about when I do psychic work and that kind of thing. I just keep digging after truth. And there, you got to know there's the surface level, and then there's all kinds of subconscious levels and little pockets. And so you, a lot of times your first hit of insight isn't the whole package. So we keep looking in to see if we're right, if this particular issue is true, and we just keep going after the truth. You know, it's kind of interesting. When I used to be around uh, my ex-husband who, uh, for a brief period of time, channeled uh, an entity called Leviticus, who was a primary teacher of my soul and then of me here on earth for a period of a couple of years. And it was quite interesting to me. I would ask him one day, should I do whatever? No, it's not appropriate. And I would ask him the next day, should I do whatever? The same question, no, it's not appropriate. And then on the third or the fifth or the eighth day, should I do that? Yes. And I would go now... What's this all about? <laughs> Why did we go, no, 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 yes. Well, the timing is right. The conditions have changed. And, you know, it began to teach me that there's a flow to things, that things can be wrong in one moment and right in the next. This is why, you know, you know, Keith and I listen to the national airwaves on the radio as well as anybody else, and we notice how many of the radio hosts are saying to people, start thinking again. We need thinking people. I hear it all the time out there. And it's because people collapse into whatever's easy and then they stop thinking. And you gotta, you can't do that anymore. We've got too much critical stuff hitting the plate that if you're not informed and aware and listening to yourself, you know, like these people, I read this guy the other day, uh, these farmers. Uh, that have 1,600 acres of farmland and hogs that are now underneath the Mississippi River. And uh, I think it was them or it was somebody similar that said, in a similar situation that said, if I would have spent my time removing my things from my property rather than trying to build a levee, I would have saved my things. But I put all my energy into that levy, and I bet wrong, and now I've lost everything. Now, this is exactly the sort of thing we're talking about. We say to people, you want an insurance policy to the times ahead, the tumultuous times ahead. You need to be listening inside yourself to what you're being told. You need to be able to hear the inside of yourself. So that, like that guy, I spent 10 hours for six days building that levy for nothing, and I've lost everything. Now, if he had 
maybe more of an ability to listen to the inside of himself, maybe he would have gotten levy's not going to work. You need to pull your stuff off. You pull your stuff out. Yeah, and you would get those signals almost, exactly. almost invariably. If you're a thinking, listening, discerning person, yeah. that's your insurance policy to the times ahead. And if you're not, you're going to lose your stuff. We were a guy, a friend of ours, we were just talking to earlier today, and um, he moved into a new place. And um, he went to his um, storage shed 50 miles away, and he had the, just the strong, strongest nagging inside of himself to get his BB gun. And he's thinking logically, what? Yeah, that's stupid. It came several times to him, get your, take your BB gun home with you. So he comes home, and that night, a bunch of um, pigs, wild boars, uh, came in his new garden and area and just were ruining his whole garden. And uh, he says, boy, all you have to do, you know, I did this before. You just shoot them with the BB gun. They have real thick skin, but it's a, it's a pop and a, it's a sting, just a little sting that they'll move them. Whereas Without a lot, hurting them. Yeah, whereas a lot of other times they won't even budge. So he said, that's why my intuition was telling me that, and I could kick myself for not doing it, but I got it today. And, you know, so we're going to take Same care of it. Same sort of thing. So he, he simply listened. It's as simple as that. And you know what? Intuition, inspiration, and or spirit will guide you and take care of you in every step of the way if you'll simply get in touch with it pursuing and you got to care to do this you can't just loosely do it and get very far pursuing what's right pursuing what's true you know if you have too much stress deal with it you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and charmay amber your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions monday through saturday 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on CRN. I know you have a lot more Go to ahead, cover. Go ahead, sweetie. You're can awfully I, cute. Can I tell that joke that he told us today, today that oh, was so geez. funny? The audience deserves this. Oh, this, this is, is so funny. funny. So this friend of ours... Now, was, think if you've had neighbors like this. Yeah, this friend of ours <laughs> was telling us about uh, when he was a kid, I think this was. Yeah, his father. And his father, who had quite a sense of humor... They had a neighbor who kept uh, kept their her nose in their business. Always Irritating. Wa- yes, always watching out the window, always looking over into their yard. And you, always, could, you could feel her judgments, you know, yeah, and judging everything. Yeah, just always hurrying him. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. So finally one night, this friend of ours, his father, got some friend of his, his come over. It was Like three guys. It was at night. So they filled this big bag that looks like a body. Well, a coat on it and all this kind of right. stuff. It looked and like a, a, a person that was dead. Yeah, it looked like a person that was dead. It was all, it was, well, of course it wasn't, but At it looked night. like it. And then they, um, so they went out and started digging a hole. And mumbling. And mumbling and grumbling. And, like, you know, there's somebody over there yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and this, this body is laying there on the ground. <laughs> and one of the guys had attached a um, monofilament line thing to the head, so it made the body sit up. 
when they wanted to. When they're digging this hole like they were going to bury it, of course, this lady is over there watching, right? They can see a little crack in the curtain every now and then. So so they they lift it up like the guy was supposed to be dead, but he came back too. And so they take their shovels that's that's digging this hole and just pound on this thing until it knocks back out. And And they go back and dig the hole. And then they finish digging the hole. They put the guy in the lady called the cops. <laughs> and they had cops all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The cops had a pretty good laugh at that one. And I bet she uh, mended her ways a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> okay, back to what? what's next there? Well, um, this thing about Newt Gingrich. Um, let's see. Drill now. What is it? <laughs> Okay, here it is. Drill here, drill now, pay less. And it's on the website, americansolutions.com. And you know what? We could, we could maybe change this policy in, in the United States where we can start drilling our own oil like Norway, a little teeny country Norway, is outdoing us. Isn't that ridiculous? And we're just floundering, and we have such an economic stress. How, how much do you like that? Well, we can do something about it, and it doesn't appear to be in the Democrat Party. So, we're coming up on the Declaration of Independence Day, uh, you know, uh, Jan- July 4th, 4th of July. So, why don't we do a Declaration of Independence from high gas prices to reasonable and fair gas prices? Declaration of Independence from lost jobs to quality job increases. You know, we can turn this all around. And we certainly need our Congress in Washington to help us, I tell you. Declaration of Independence from Foreign Dependency to Whole and Wise Policies of Independency and policy, uh, Prosperity. Declaration of Independence from Foreign Dictators. We're dealing with a lot of them with our fuel, I'll tell you. Into Self-Protected Self-Determination. Isn't that nice? You know, just for yourself. Don't you like to be self-protected, like you can take care of yourself, self-determining, like you could figure out what to do with your life and how to make your life better? Well, we want that as a country, too. Declaration of Independence from Instability of Energy Supply, Fluctuation of Prices, Declaration of Independence from Complacency and Inaction in Washington, which is just terrible. And wherever we have this in our lives, you know, where are we complacent and inactive where we need to, we actually should be doing something? And then Declaration of Independence from not using our own resources. So let's get independent and use our own resources, pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and get someplace and make sense of this. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. By the way, the Thursday show is a rerun of Monday, and it airs on CRN 6. So if you've caught Monday, you've got the whole enchilada. So here's some historical facts. You can look them up. They're facts. Former President Jimmy Carter engineered a fragile peace between Egypt, who was being run by a military dictator at that time, and Israel. And uh, it's 
been going on a continual annual price to United States at $6 billion a year. That's what you and I pay per year to help that fragile peace stay in place. $6 billion. You know, sometimes I wonder why we're paying this. Anyhow, uh, you know, what was that, 1979, I think, something like that, when this that was put in place. So that's a, that's a big hit on us. Islam has been trying to conquer the world, and this you won't find this from many Islamic scholars, but world scholars, world history will, will bear this bear this true as a fact. Islam has been trying to conquer the world and doing a brutal job of it for 1,400 years since it's it started. It's true, and I'll tell you, they are not going to stop. So the Muslim authorities mask this. You know, but if you look, if you dig, you'll find out that they have been the invaders and they took uh, countries and land and that kind of thing away from the Christians, the Jews, the pagans, the Zoroastrians, the um, uh, Hindus, and they have been brutal. They're uh, they're brutal in uh, Africa right now. They're just taking over any weak spot. They're just taking over and they're just a real plague of maliciousness. Is that what we want to be in the United States, a weakness? That they just can come in and take over? Oh, we don't like war. So we're just, we want everything to be Pollyanna happy. You know, I would love it too, but, you know, I'll tell you, they look for anywhere where they can get a weakness and they go after it and they're proving it all over the world. There would be peace in the Middle East except for the Muslim agenda of world conquest and uh, annihilate Israel. There would be peace in the Middle East, no problem. No one else is making it not so. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. And don't go away. We have a little bit more. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. And we'll be back with more. I know Keith has more. Oodles. Oodles more. Hang on. Interesting facts. What else you got there, Toots? Well, you know, these are uh, historical facts. Abraham's covenant, Abraham is one of the core beginnings of um, and sanctifications of Christendom, um, the, the Hebrew Jewish, and the Muslim. So Abraham's covenant with God, take your Arabic tribe to Canaan, which is now Israel, named after the grandson of Abraham, which is Israel. And there's been Jews established there since Joshua settled there in 3200 B.C. And you have the Muslims saying they shouldn't be there and everything, but they were there a long, long time ago, like first. Muslims just came, uh, what, 1400 years ago. In 1009 A.D., the Muslims massively destroyed throughout the Middle East all the churches and synagogues, not all, but almost all, churches and synagogues. And in Jerusalem, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, one of the Christian's holiest places, was destroyed. And then the, the Pope in Europe uh, retaliated eventually. And... Um, Neither side was really in the right because of the motive behind it. The Muslims were trying to take over the world, and the popes were trying to take over the world. 
and there was utter cruelty. You know, there could have been a lot of uh, prisoners taken, but neither side wanted to take prisoners. So it was just a, a nasty thing of two sides that wanted world dominance. And, of course, the Muslims were the original aggressors uh, who horrendously took over and took away from everyone else that land. Did you know that in the World War I, the Arab leaders and British leaders negotiated the Jewish homeland. It was established in Palestine. Palestine was for the Jewish uh, homeland. So in trade for that, much of the Middle East was being given to the, to the Arabs. So they made the deal. I think that came from the Ottoman Empire dissolving. So the British made the deal with the Arabs to give the Palestine, uh, Palestine, that whole area, not just Israel, but Palestine too, to the Jewish people. And then uh, when the, um, let's see, League of Nations dissolved into the UN after World War II, they divided Palestine into two, Israel and Palestine, so the Arabs right there reneged on the deal already, you know, before they even really got their land going. So that's the nature of the, we keep saying that the Arabs are deceptive and they'll, they'll make deals and then they'll trade them and cheat them and all these kind of things. Here's another fact. I, I knew half of this. We talked about it on the show, but I didn't know the other half. During the eight-year... Two million uh, soldiers dead, Iran-Iraq war. Iran sent uh, 10,000 Sunni boys to walk the minefields and they got killed. Iraq, um, they moved hundreds of thousands of Shiite men and boys, ill-armed, to their front lines to fight the Iranians. So... You know, the Iranians are mostly Shiite. They sent their Sunni boys, and the Iraqi are mostly, um, well, they're stronger. They, the, the government was stronger Sunni, so they sent the Shiites. So, you know, that's how bitter the two factions, you know, wherever you find Muslims in very big masses, a lot of times you'll find fights and wars and struggles and terror going on. And it's getting worse and worse. And we're not certainly against all Muslims. We know some very fine Muslim people. You know, it's not that. But a fundamental Muslim, that's how the religion is written out. Hey, we want to thank you all for joining us tonight. We hope that we have nudged you along the path of being a thinking person, a discerning person, an aware person in our world today. Boy, do we ever need it. Now, come on. You can do it. I know you can. Stretch into. The greater you. You'll love yourself for it, and we'll love you too. We'll see you tomorrow.